We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17 14. Shar on third down. Third goal quarterback. Yeah! What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra. As always, I am your host, Dumak, hosting a podcast that is a proud partner of the Blue Wire family and the Eurostep Podcast Network. And joining me, week in, week out, pod in, pod out, is my lovely co-host, Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how you doing, buddy? Doing well. How's everybody out in Totland? Tot Nation. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the video watchers could see that you had like your most profound radio face on. I think like <laughs> oh yeah, I can kick into it without actually having any um radio experience. Radio experience. <laughs> um, uh, with about a week and a half in, into uh in the training camp or two weeks maybe, two weeks. I think yeah. I think just week. Was it last? Yeah, I think it was. Time is. Time is not real. It feels a lot now that it's here. It feels like we or have we've been here for a while. Information, yeah. yeah. I think it is a week. Yeah. Um, we want to look into the positional battles across the fifty-three, well, ninety-man roster to make it to the fifty-three-man roster at the end of camp. So, uh, this pod is going to be all off of offense positional battles: QB, running back, wide receiver, tight end, uh, offensive line, and then another pod later this week is going to be. Uh, defense so only the offense this time which makes a sense so there's a little more to to chew on this way versus the defense which is going to be a lot to chew on frankly um but first and foremost some packers news 
um, Packers were the unfortunate uh, subject of football Twitter Monday morning. Yeah, Monday morning when uh, they released Jonathan Garvin on his birthday. Um, Jonathan Garvin opened was on the 53-man roster last year, uh, played in all or in 14 games last year in all 16 in 21 and in eight in uh in 2020 he was drafted by the packers in the seventh round um in 2020 so not too much to uh to decipher from this uh, other than like it's kind of it's probably good he didn't make the roster or got cut not good you kind of don't want to say it's good but in 14 games last year he didn't really do much um, two pass deflections um, and eight total tackles, um, but two QB hits. So, not a whole lot of uh, of action for Jonathan Garvin. He had an all right year in in twenty twenty one, one and a half sacks, nineteen tackles. Um, but and he started one game in twenty one, but yeah, just didn't really make a jump from year two to year three. Yeah, a lot of opportunity, even for. You know, being a rotational edge rusher. Um, Riley was definitely on the wall when he was taking snaps with the uh, interior defensive lineman. Um, and obviously with Lucas Van Ness in the fold now, too, it's like even with Rashawn Gary still coming back from injury, there was just going to be, you know, there's also so many chairs, you know, available to guys like Garvin, Ladarius Hamilton, guys that are kind of like bubble guys, I would say. Um, and Garvin was definitely kind of part of that. Uh, just a shame that it happened on his birthday, but that is also just what happens in general, mm-hmm. <laughs> regardless if it's your birthday or not. Uh, Matt LaFleur had an interesting quote, interesting, like, it's just, it's just what do you say otherwise, um, about Jonathan Garvin being released on his birthday. Quote, the business never stops, which is more true in the NFL than I think any other major league sport. Like the yeah. business is the business. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, snap count wise, he wasn't really doing much um, last year yet. His snaps halved. Um, PFF does this funny thing where it just hides the last row for the scroll bar. So it, I'm pretty sure he got like 85 ish, 95 ish snaps in 2020. Um, 396 in 2021 and then 194 in 2022 so mostly performance based i would bet that sort of the end of the year emergence of Devonte wyatt and them drafting him kind of had led to him not getting as many uh as many snaps yeah so um all the best to the future but not the packers anymore freeing up um some roster spots which the Packers didn't take long to uh, to fill. They filled that, they had a couple. This end of the ninety man roster fills this weekend. Um, I think they had a couple more receivers that they signed and other things, but it's a lot of moving parts at this time of the year as you're trying to figure out who your best ninety are before the pre- before the preseason games. Um, one of them they signed was former Giants uh, wide receiver and tight end Andre Miller. He's a rookie, so calling him a former. Giants wide receiver tight end is isn't exactly totally accurate, um, but Andrew Miller, out of Maine, he was a uh, a grad student. He played for a few years up there. Receiving st- statistics this past year, um, played in nine games, had thirty nine catches for seven hundred ish yards, um, and three touchdowns. 
So he had a one rush of 25 yards, so maybe some sort of gadget tool there. But yeah. um, like a lot of the teams, this is what we talked about the Packers, there's going to be a lot of moving parts um, right now amongst teams. And we're just – guys are just – getting picked up to see what they can do and possibly push other guys um, out of like their sixth or seventh spot. Yep. Um, couple offensive line additions, James Empey, believe he was from the Titans. Mm-hmm. If not, if memory serves, uh, and then most recently Cole Schneider, who the Packers had in camp last year. And then was one of the first round of cuts. Um, he makes his way back to green Bay, both centers, which is kind of interesting, I would say. It's mm-hmm. very honing on a very specific position, even with, you know, as we'll get into probably, um, with all the offensive linemen that uh, are versatile and can play all sorts of positions and everything like that. Packers are certainly examining a need, possibly, uh, behind uh, Josh Myers and company. So, yeah, that's where it is for right now, at least on the 90-man roster. To, for what it's worth, the Packers released lineman Chuck Falaga Falagia, and tight end Cameron McDonald to make room for Miller and Schneider. So, as we said, just kind of that that time that obviously most everybody knows is really just figuring out who can make an impression in practice, which is mm-hmm. kind of the fun part of training camp is seeing guys really work hard to do to do their thing. So, um, without further ado. Should we hop right into to these grades? Not these grades. These these battles. Positional battles. These battles. <laughs> Couldn't tell you what that was, but I loved it. <laughs> um, well, I had like Rock'em Sock'em robots like right here, just like we could we could know. get some Rock'em Sock'ems. Oh yeah, a little uh, little punchies action going on. A little punch punch. Anyways. Um, we'll start with a simple one. Quarterback, obviously, Jordan Love is going to be the starter. There's really no pushing him unless he's just stinking it up all all preseason long. But if you've been paying attention to anything in camp, he hasn't been. Um, Jordan Love really showing out uh, in camp in the short to mid-range uh, depth of the field. And he's kind of honing in those, those long balls. He's had a couple highlights on Twitter that are, are really nice. Um but for now, he's doing not so bad uh, over the middle and just short dump offs that way. So, at least if you're gonna do, if you're not gonna be able to hit deep guys consistently, and he's going to be a quote unquote rookie, I'm not expecting him to be able to dot passes every single throw. Um, being accurate in the short range is um, very important. Yes, absolutely. I went. Um, go ahead. Sorry. I was well. I think I was gonna set you up here not to put you on the spot (laughs) but you were in green bay over the weekend i was did you get to see mr love i did at work i did i having grew up in green bay you think i would have been to a practice before but i hadn't um it was my first one and i underestimated how early you wanted you probably should get there we got there at like 10.05 for 10.30 practice and we got like legitimately the last three seats in the entire stands and didn't have to wait at all and so we were on the defensive end of the field for most of it but when they did like 11 on 11 we had a good view of some of the throws um, one missed a uh, deep throw to Watson just like an overthrow but 
there was one throw that he had to Romeo Dobbs across the middle where me, my dad, and like everybody around us didn't even see Romeo Dobbs coming across the middle, and it was just planted perfectly for him to catch it on the sideline and turn up field. Like it was a really, really nice catch. Um, couple more Jaden Reed that way too, including a nice over the shoulder catch and one for a touchdown and big old celebration between Jaden Reed and Christian Watson. So, um, yeah, I think Jordan Love is doing as good as you could expect him right now. Um, it seems like, right, it seems like, um, Matt Steven from The Athletic wrote today that Jordan Love is frustrated with the struggles that the offense is having because the defense has won all five, um, I guess periods, if you want to call them like the battles they've, they've had, but frankly, I'm not too surprised at that. There's a lot more continuity on that defensive side and a lot more experience than there is on the offensive side. So I can see being frustrated, but as a fan, I'm not surprised about it. No, I I would certainly not be either. I mean, we have talked about it. We'll talk about it tonight. We'll talk about it. Honestly, the entire season, it's Mm -hmm. a young offense and a, it, there's been a lot of turnover. It's obviously Roger from Rogers to Love, but look at all the wide receivers. Uh, that Bill Barnwell stat of of the most inexperienced QB or most total like total inexperience between a QB and a wide receiver uh, room in like thirty or no fifteen years since since Rogers took over. So when you couple that and the fact that we're you know, a week into training camp, five days. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> there's going to be a lot of growing pains, a lot of growing um, pains, and those competitions too are like it's two minute drills, it's stuff like that that like you know they. It's a various amount of competitions, and they just want to see like how the offense is working, how people are getting down plays, efficiency is going to come with time, hopefully, mm-hmm. but you know. This is still the figuring out process. It's normal to have this stuff with young guys at this time of year rather than it being November or right. December. Hopefully. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so the uh, the real battle here, because like I said, like we said, Jordan Love is gonna is gonna have this job. Um, the real battle here is between Sean Clifford, Danny Etling, and to a lesser extent, um, Alex McGaw who they had just signed um, to, to the 90-man, I think, earlier this week um, from Florida International University. But um, Sean Clifford was a late, I think, seventh-round pick fifth this round. year. Fifth, fifth round, my apologies. Um, pick in the draft this year from the Packers. And Danny Etling is a, quote-unquote, veteran. <laughs> Charlie <laughs> journeyman. Yeah, drafted in 2018 by the New England Patriots um, and has so, uh, bounced around. Let's put some respect on this man's name. Okay. He's a Super Bowl champion. Oh, my God. Did you know that? I did not know that. He won it with the, the Patriots when they beat the Rams. I think he was on the practice squad for that team, wasn't he? Maybe. I don't know. Let's see. He's still a Super Bowl champion. <laughs> Regardless. And then he transitioned to the wide receiver position the next camp. Where are you reading this? Wikipedia. Ah. 
I'm on his profile reference, and it does not list him as a Super Bowl champion. Anyways, drafted by New England oh. in 2018, and then um, the Falcons claimed him, and he was on the Falcons for um, about six months-ish from middle of 2019 to the end of 2020. Um, same thing in 2020, or the Trant Cap of 2020, who was with uh, the Falcons, and then the Seahawks picked him up. And the Seahawks, the Vikings, the Broncos, the Packers, the Jaguars, the Packers. So he's been around. I don't want to say he's like bad because I think he's he's fine. I think he'll be an okay backup. But um, he played for Purdue and LSU in his uh, college career. His last season at um, LSU in 2017, he threw for uh, 2,500 yards and 16 touchdowns, so two picks in 13 games. So by all means, a pretty solid, um, solid senior campaign. Especially with, uh, he had a quarterback rating of 153.0, so they were, he was pretty good for them that uh, that season. And then Sean Clifford, uh, this last year for, for Penn State, um, 2,800 yards, 24 touchdowns, and seven, um, seven interceptions. So they weren't uh, a couple of standout college QBs, I'd say, that... Uh, might make some rumbles in this in this camp. I've heard not too much because I think obviously most of the uh, most of the talk has been on Jordan Love. But if you watch all the Jordan Love videos, there's like clips of Danny Etling or clips of Sean Clifford making throws to to these guys in the background, and they're not throwing too bad. I think um, there was one today I saw Jordan Love in the background throw like a crossing route to Romeo Dobbs, and then I'm pretty sure it's Danny Etling through a like beautiful ball to I believe um one of the new wide receivers I forget who it was but just beautiful ball right right in the back end the core of the end zone dropped it in it's like okay I see you but a lot of this is going to be determined in preseason I think this is where you'll get a lot of a lot of the the meat of this discussion of how these battles will be won it's very interesting because this is definitely one of the top three uh, points of ent- or intrigue for me uh, in terms of positional battles because so much of the quotes going into the start of camp, whether it was Lafleur, whether it was Goody, whether it was Jordan Love himself, it was about he's got to be like a sponge. He's got to get as many reps as he can within reason. And it's it's his time to shine. We want to see what he can do with seeing various looks from the defense, all that kind of stuff that is very positive, and it's exactly what you need from Jordan Love at this time because he sure as hell is going to see it for the next five months. On that note, yeah, like Denny Atling, uh Sean Clifford, Alex McGough. Is it McGough or McGaw? Is it? Silent. I'm going to go with McGaw, but I'll look it up for McGaw. the talk. Um, they're certainly going to get their looks. They're certainly going to work in one-on-ones and stuff like that. But when it comes to commanding the offense, being with, you know, maybe not the ones all the time, certainly not the ones all the time, but twos, whatever alignments that they throw out there, they're not going to get a lot of time. Like, the, it, it, so much of the focus is about, getting Jordan Love and 
you know, really establishing and putting his imprint on this team. And they want him to soak up as much as they can. There's only so many times that they can go from doing all that for Jordan Love to guys, the other guys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I I think it's going to be really interesting. The fact that Sean Clifford was drafted and it's a fifth round pick and blah, 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 you know, day three, you never know. But it's still significant enough that they went out and drafted a quarterback that deep in the draft, a quarterback that draft evaluators at the time thought he was, you know, going to be undrafted. Um, That's certainly interesting, but, you know, Alex McGough is coming off of being a USFL MVP. Mm-hmm. Danny Adlin has two-time US two-time USFL champion. Yes, exactly. Uh, Danny Adlin, Super Bowl champion, as we established here, regardless of what PFF says. <laughs> um, I just think they the youth does not just center around uh, Jordan Love here in terms of right backup quarterbacks. Like it's. If we're talking about Danny Adlin being the kind of veteran mind, <laughs> everybody's young right. here. They're not, you know, they're de- in a developing phase. Right. If, that, if that's, you know, how anybody should take it. So I, I wasn't intending to, but to smile at you, I found out how to say his name. What is it? It's Alex Magoo. <laughs> Magoo. Magoo. <laughs> Magoo, that is a weird. Okay, yeah. At least according to Wikipedia, he's got a pretty lengthy like a Wikipedia page for. He does. I mean, he's a USFL MVP. That's more than what anybody has to say about me. Right. Exactly. So, but has yeah, M E hyphen capital letters G O O. So it's got to be Magoo. <laughs> so, um, I, I I'm really actually like intrigued to see how long they let these guys play in all these preseason games, like. If I'm gonna smile after I say it now, if Alex Magoo is all it's cracked up to be in USFL, I wonder what he looks like against like NFL talent in the preseason, and maybe he sneaks onto this roster. It's not the most intriguing conversation to have, but it's I think it's certainly a conversation we can talk about because there's only four quarters in a in a game, and you've got four quarterbacks that kind of need some looks how do you split that time across three games to get proper looks at these guys? I think like, I think it was the floor. Somebody said that it's, it's hard to get looks in preseason because you're only in there for a short period of time. You don't get the extended looks at them. So one, one preseason, one quarter in a preseason game could swing that. That's how that's a what drive we're could about. a single drive. I, I, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know, I'm not going to wood. I want to see Jordan love play as much as he, can yeah whether it's preseason whether it's regular season whether it's the damn playoffs because we're gonna <laughs> go there um but you never know it's football one bad tackle or whatever he could be lost for a game or whatever right but, so you're not that far off from any three of these guys or any other guy that they might take a look at because surely you know goody's always active right yeah, and that's where it's really tough to just kind of be like, okay, let's get Jordan Love. What is it? The, um, the paid Manning phrase. I think we talked about the pod. Maybe we haven't. There's a popular story 
or like turn a phrase of like someone asked the Colts offensive coordinator why the the backup quarterback or backup quarterbacks behind Peyton Manning don't practice with the ones. And the guys responded saying, if we don't have Peyton Manning out oh, there, we're yeah, fucked. What's, or something the, like what's that. the point? Yeah, what's right. <laughs> that's the PG way of saying it. Got it, got it, got it. <laughs> but yeah, like the inverse is also kind of true. It's like, yeah. yeah, we know that we'd be screwed, but it's also like, what is how bad can it get? Or I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Not to right. denigrate these guys, but it's just so uncertain yeah, beyond you're good. love. Someone needs to play quarterback. Like, yeah, if it's it will be Jordan Love throughout the entire year. I'm speaking that into existence. Yeah. Um, but if it's any of these guys, then yeah, it's kind of just like you want to know what you have in them in case catastrophe hits. And I think that's kind of it. Like, they're all inexperienced. I don't think any of them has an NFL snap. Um, whether it be downs or even taking throwing a pass, but. For sure, Sean Clifford because he's a rookie, but um, yeah, just seeing how these guys are able to uh, to do anything in the in the preseason games will be interesting. It's going to be ugly, but it'll be interesting. Anything else on the quarterbacks? No, I'm. That's. I think. I think we covered it pretty well there. Yeah. Go on to the uh, the running backs then. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Running backs, locked up, one and two. Aaron Jones, yep. AJ Dillon. That's it. That that that's one two. They're 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 they are roster locks. <laughs> um, the real battle comes a little bit deeper on the depth chart. We got rookies. Lunicals the third. Um, returning guys: Patrick Taylor and Tyler Goodson. An undrafted free agent in Henry Pearson. He's more of a fullback. And then um, Emmanuel Wilson. I'm not, I, this time I'm off the practice squad, I'm not remember him 
like not practice squad, but was he like a free agent pickup, some guy? I'm trying to remember, but I think he was on the 90 man going into camp. Got it. Regardless, um, yeah, going, going uh, back to sorry, go ahead. Sorry, he signed with. Oh, I just had it up, and no, here we go. He signed with the Packers and lay man. Got it. So, I guess we'll start with the guys we know, and then I have some interesting tidbits on um, Emmanuel Wilson just from seeing him. Um, Patrick Taylor and Tyler Goodson, returning guys from the last couple of years. Um, this was a battle last year as well. Um, Patrick Taylor won out with that battle. He was, um, I think he was on the 53-man roster most of the year, if not mistaken, Jordan. I think he, he might have been hurt the first few weeks. Yes, because uh, Kylan Hill. Yep. Yep. yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, but he didn't play too bad in his uh, in his games where he did have a couple chances to go. Um, going back into 2021, he has one career touchdown. It came against the Lions in week 17, rather week 18 of the 21 season. 11 carries, 53 yards, and a touchdown. And then one or two passes uh, for three yards. So not too much there. But um, last year, didn't get much run at all. Um, only 30, or I'm sorry, only 10 total attempts last year for 31 yards. So wasn't really incorporated much. He had one big uh, reception for 17 yards. But like I said, not too much there for Patrick Taylor. Um, Tyler Goodson has been in the practice squad the past couple of years. Um, his he was drafted in 2022, 20, I believe. Yeah, by yep. the uh, Iowa. Yep, I'm pretty sure drafted by Iowa. Packers. I just want to make sure I'm um, make sure I have that right. Um, it doesn't want to tell me. Was he drafted? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, because he got waived and everything. So, um, but spent the last year with the practice squad and uh, with the Packers last year. His stats at uh, at Iowa, he had eleven hundred yards in his um, junior campaign at Iowa running on the ground, 250 yards through the air, and seven total touchdowns. So, not too bad. 600 yards his freshman year, 750 yards his sophomore year, seven touchdowns his sophomore year to go ahead of his six from his uh, junior year. But this is going to be a battle again. I think, like, this might be the last, like, roster spot they decide. Not that any order matters, but I think this one will be the closest, essentially. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it maybe kind of like midsummer tidbits and stuff like yeah. that of of uh, from I think the running backs coach. I'm forgetting the guy's name, but you talked about how important special teams is going to factor into that decision because mm-hmm. um, that was also the time. Oh yeah, it was around definitely around OTAs and stuff like that. Ben Sermons, guys like that's the running backs coach. Yes, there we go. Um, and we were talking about, uh, I think Aaron Jones was talking about, uh, Tyler Goodson and how much he's improved and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's hard to, with that in mind, 
these guys could do really well, but if you're not going to, you know, do your job on special teams and stuff like that, like that could easily make or break it. Like a guy like Luke Nichols, who looked, you look at his stats and stuff like that, he has prolific numbers on, you know, a couple of seasons and stuff like that. Does he buy it? Right. I know you're, you're already, you're big on the train. I, I really, for honestly, no particular reason other than his like stats and a couple of things I've been seeing with them. It's like, obviously like after the draft, we kind of looked at him. I loved his tape. Um, his 2022 um, campaign was a little shorter. Only played nine games and had 616 yards, but had six touchdowns in those nine games. Um, his junior year, or I'm sorry, his 2021 year, I'm not sure why there's a star by it, but um, 1,850 yards on the ground, 350 yards through the air, um, 18 total touchdowns. He had 2,100 yards from scrimmage at Central Michigan and is in 2021. Like, that's... You can play, dog. Like, he can play. <laughs> <laughs> and I just really want to uh, see what he can do at this level. I yeah. think what's going to happen is that this battle between there's, there, there's two battles happening. There's the battle between Lou Nichols and Emmanuel Wilson, who I saw at training camp on Saturday and he had a lot of really powerful runs and he's had a lot of really nice catches. I watched him make a beautiful over the shoulder catch um, on Twitter like today. Yeah. Um, and just like looks really good. looks like a nice pass catcher for a running back. But I think the two battles are going to be Lou Nichols and Emmanuel Wilson for a fourth spot and Patrick Taylor and Tyler Goodson for that third spot. Like, I think the gap between Patrick Taylor and Tyler Goodson is, or the gap between those two guys, those tiers of guys is too large for Lou Nichols or Emmanuel Wilson to overcome in this training camp. So I think there's the battle for the third spot on the 53 man roster and I would bet that they either sign either of those guys, the other one that doesn't make it, to the practice squad, or they might try and go somewhere else to get there. Because that would be like, if Tyler Goodson gets signed to the practice squad again, I'd imagine you'd want to try to find a, a job somewhere else with a different team that he's running back, frankly. Yeah. yeah. But then, or the Packers might let him walk and keep third draft pick Lou Nichols, or the better of Emmanuel Wilson. That's kind of my where I'm getting at with this. Just because... Looking into the future, I think Lou Nichols slots to be, if he's if they don't keep him, the AJ Dillon replacement. I don't think he's got like the power that AJ Dillon does, but he can he can go, he he can yeah. run, and I'm interested to see how he runs in preseason because if he can find a, a niche for himself as that power back and be a good blocker, because like a lot of this is going to come down to how good you can play special teams and how good of a third down blocker you are as a running back. Cause you have to be able to do it as a third down back or as a third string backup. Yeah. So that's my hope is that he really shows out and makes an impression on the staff or they keep him on the practice squad and hopefully have a spot for him in the future. Well, that's the thing too, is that Dylan's contract year kind of hovers over mm-hmm. all of this decisions like this. Cause you know, you're thinking about this season, but then you're thinking about, just months down the line so yeah what do you what helps your team now versus what helps helps your team in the future running right. back 
third running back is certainly going to inform, be informed by that kind of decision. Right. Worth noting that AJ Dillon said he wanted to finish his career at the Packers, like finish his career as in he wanted to stay here for a very long time. Ultimately not up to him as much as it yeah. pains me to say, but I'd like to see him be here as long as he can, can contribute. Like I think if he has a 21 year for the next few years, that's good. If he has a 22 year, maybe they move on kind of thing. Like if he has a 2021 year this season, they'll resign him. I think to some modest contract. If he has a year similar to last year, I think that makes that decision a lot harder. Yeah. But we'll see. I guess, what are your thoughts on Lou Nichols versus the Goodson-Taylor battle? I kind of am indifferent (laughs) by and large. (laughs) But it does, like, I don't, it's not that I... It it's this like specificity of like whether it's those guys. It's I understand the importance of like they kind of need to balance this in a way where you can't just go for not not that Patrick Taylor is this, but this the solid option, the guy that's going to understand his role. I mean, we're coming out of a season where Kylan Hill got released because he didn't do the things that they wanted him to do. Right. Like it, it's a real thing. Like it is. You can be a talented guy, and if you don't do show up for the four plays that you might be on the field for a game, mm-hmm. that certainly it, it's a business, right? It's a business, man. Um, so I, I'm not getting sucked into like what direction it is or who it is, like specifically. I just know that, like, you know, you don't want to brew this conversation. With like, oh, they got rid of the wrong guy. When it it could be like Mike Abernathy last year, and then don't you don't you say his? Well, I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm not. I'm just saying because now it's like the safety competition. That's for another pod, but yeah, like that kind of comes back to bite you. Yeah, and they could have used Mike Abernathy this year, and he got signed (laughs) to practice. Could have easily been starting if he if they kept him. Probably, but anyways. Um, last year in the preseason, probably worth noting, Patrick Taylor um, in three games had 18 rushes for quick math, 37-34, about 71 yards, and only three or three receptions in the game against the Chiefs for 17 yards. So a little under um, 90 yards. No, exactly. Yeah, a little under 90 yards total scrimmage from scrimmage last year in the preseason um tyler goodson had a lot more opportunities he had third 29 total carries for just about 100 yards a little bit short of that maybe but i think close to 100 and then um over 60 yards in the passing game five receptions one reception and two receptions in the games so i think this kind of points to because i'm I might be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure I wanted Goodson over Taylor last year just based on stats. But I think that this is where it comes in to where that third down, that, that, that third string running back needs to be able to block, needs to be able to play special teams. And that's where yeah. it's going to be decided. Like that's just how it is on this team and how it is on most NFL teams. And so it, it's always tough to try and find the guy on special teams to make sure he's doing his job right when you're watching on TV but it's something to probably watch in just all the correspondence from 
Packers beat reporters this uh, training camp. Yeah. Alrighty. Anything else in running backs? No. I think I think we kind of set the tone there. Set the table. Into the wide receivers. Mm. The top three are kind of set. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. I actually should say top two. Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are set. Those two guys are currently standing out in camp right now. Romeo Dobbs absolutely just dusted Jair Alexander today. It was really cool. Um, I think he's going to be special. I, I think he's going to be really special. Um, Samara Toure coming back. He's gotten a lot of buzz um, this offseason, slimming down, getting stronger, and just having a refined focus as opposed to last year. Um, they got a couple rookies, Jaden Reed, Dontavion Wicks, and Grant DeBose. And then they have Cody Crest, Bo Melton, Deuce Watts, Malik Heath, and Jadakis Bonds. Excuse me. Uh, Jadakis. Jadakis, sorry. Uh, Jadakis Bonds as their other receivers to go with Andre Miller, we talked about earlier, um, fighting for this like fifth, sixth-ish wide receiver spot. So I guess this is a question for after the preseason, but curious as to how many you think they, they have. How many do you, receivers do you think they're going to keep? Six. I think they also go six. I I could see them going five and keeping four tight ends. Like I, I think it's like one or the other. You know what I mean? I think they have nine total receivers and they might get to 10 maybe, but, um, I think it's going to be close. I would say six and three, but that's where I, this is pre seeing guys. Yeah. I think play. we both agree that Musgrave and Kraft should like make the roster. And it's kind of yes, and well then that's the thing is that then it's a decision between Deguar and Tyler Davis. I think we'll talk about this. In a, we'll wait. We'll talk about this in the tight end section. Um, bookmark this. Bookmark this. <laughs> just we'll, we'll come back to it. We'll, we'll put a pin in that's a little tease. Um, but yeah, wide receivers at this point. I'm pretty for certain it's going to be Watson, Dobbs, Jaden Reed. Samari Toure, I think, are, are, are four locks for Rockstar I think those spots. are the locks. I think their order, Octavian, their, the order on three through six is different, but I think those four are for sure making the roster. Yeah. Dontavian Wicks, believe, is he still in concussion protocol? He did suffer concussion early in camp. I think he might be. I haven't seen anything on like Twitter of him doing anything, so he, I'm pretty sure he might be, but I'll He's double still, check. Grant DuBose, we talked about it last week. They finally, there was finally some clarity about what has kept him out of football activities, and it was a back injury, if I remember correctly now. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, because they he opened camp on the NFI list. Yep. Um, um, Dontavian Wicks did suffer a concussion um, during Wednesday's practice, so it's only, it hasn't been a week yet. So he'll probably be out for probably until the first preseason game. Yeah. Now we're getting into Which hurts. It hurts because between Dontavian Wicks and Grant DeBose, that's two rookies you drafted. That's the two, yeah, exactly. That just aren't getting time. Which we saw last year with Christian Watson really matters in just getting reps and getting to know the playbook. Mm-hmm. Malik Heath has kind of made flashes, whether it was mm-hmm. in June or 
May, whether that can continue into camp, who knows? Bo Melton was a guy that people kind of salivated for after, you know, deep into last season, kind of being like a futures guy that they signed, uh, I believe, from Seattle too, because he got cast off from there. Thank you. Cody Crest, we saw them pick up just before camp or right at the start of camp. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the first practice, I'm pretty sure. You know, it's it's a lot more. This is where like things. Okay, like you know, not to kind of bring back that into the conversation, but like, if you have that much uncertainty deep into the wide receiver room, you might take a nod and like, well, let's see where the tight ends are at. And you look at, I I, I hate that we're kind of clump that I'm clumping this together, but it is a very fluid situation where. They're all pass catchers at the end of the day. Yeah. It they're aligned at different spots. Yeah. And you know, Jordan Love clicking with a tight end and wide receivers guy or wide receivers being hurt or lagging behind in camp as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Again, it kinda it's symbiotic. Yeah. So why don't we loop in the tight ends and the wide receivers? Should together? we loop them in? Yeah, as pass catchers, because I think you bring up a great point that with the injuries to Dontavian Wicks and Grant DeBose, that it really limits where these pass catchers are at and the, the amount of them that they can rely on. Not yeah. that you can like truthfully rely on Dontavian Wicks or Grant DeBose, but what you can rely on them for is like outside blocking. Because yeah. Dontavian Wicks, in his two practices on Tuesday and <laughs> Wednesday, was doing pretty Great. well on the outside blocking. And so um, I think that's just going to be what kind of what it comes down to. But yeah, it's it's very fluid because if you lock up your top four of Watson, Dobbs, Turin, Reed, I think you still need to have a fifth receiver, no matter what. But then, oh, it, yeah. but hey, who who are they gonna pick, and what do they want to do for the tight ends? Because I think if they go through this camp and they have no set fifth or sixth, I think it makes this tight end discussion a hell of a lot easier. Yes. Because you have Josiah DeGuire, who's been a Love's favorite, semi-favorite target in camp so far. Safety valve guy. Yeah. Um, Tyler Davis, who I'm not the biggest fan of, um, but it is what it is. And then, obviously, rookies and Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft. Um, Luke Musgrave has been predictably a rookie in camp, um, but shown some highlights and he didn't really do too much when I saw him at camp on Saturday. Nothing like eye popping or anything like that. Just making kind of routine catches. Um, we haven't seen much Tucker Craft this um, this camp season so far. I think he was nursing an injury, if I'm not mistaken. He he um, suffered an injury, I believe, Saturday's practice, mm-hmm. and then came back later, or yeah. maybe that was Monday's practice. I, a first, it was the first practice with Pav, so it was Monday. Yep. Um. So he warded off serious injury, but you know, if that's your kind of shining highlight, this camp that you know, right. it's not the greatest thing. Right. You <laughs> hope to see some uh, some more highlights on Twitter and stuff that, for sure in the preseason games, just of what's going on with him. So just to show that yeah. he can do some stuff. Um, Rob Dombowski said um, that quote: "Some within the organization believe Musgrave has star potential." So hopefully, I think we talked about this last week too that. Rookie tight ends hardly ever pop off in 
the rookie season. It always takes him a few years to kind of get going. This would sort of track with how um, DeGuara is going, getting a few years under his belt and kind of potentially shining as he gets his chance with Jordan Love. I don't think Aaron Rodgers liked Josiah DeGuara very much, so we'll see how um, that shakes out with his playing time and just target share and things like that um, coming into the season. I think you'll see a lot of Love to DeGuara in the preseason, if anything. Yeah. And I, I know that LaFleur said it to start the camp, but he did kind of hint at kind of favoring DeGuara because he has been in the system. He has, right. by and large, been there for the last... This is going to be his fourth year. So you kind of give it to the guy that has been there until you know one of the young guns supplants him. Right. Again, as we talked about tight ends, like it is a hard position to master. It might not be year one and it might not be year two, but yeah, having some healthy competition kind of puts their feet to the fire, so to speak. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that shakes out. Yeah, I think like the biggest thing that will come from training camp is just seeing how well these guys can block. Because yeah. LaFleur loves using... It's the barrier or bar for entry. Pretty much. If you can't block, you're just not going to really get a whole lot of run on the field. What I would frankly like to see happen, and I don't mean to be a hater, truthfully. Like, I, I really don't want to. I just don't really believe in Tyler Davis. Like, he's he's just not how... I, I just I, I've seen enough of little things in games i'm just not really it just jiving with it however he is done well in practice and stuff like that like when it comes to games he's had some pretty bad drops it hasn't translated it just hasn't translated like it, it happens yep. like we're not talking about a we're not talking about kyle pitts here right and what i what i'd like to see happen is to let tyler davis go and then sign mercedes lewis again and then teach these guys how that is how that to is block. The thing that hovers over everything. Yeah, them. and I'm just screaming it from the sidelines. Hey, please, please do it. It's gonna be really smart. I promise. Because he, the floor <laughs> said he loved, or uh, Marseille's Lewis said he loved playing for him. And if you're gonna gonna if you're gonna end up keeping four tight ends in the first place, why not one of them why be a be a veteran yet? like that, and like just a leader in the locker room? Like, you want to talk about garnering respect big dog is is that is that guy yeah and if you're trying to get these two rookie tight ends to really understand what it means to be a blocking tight end i don't think you can learn from anyone better i don't think so either it is there's another part of the roster that is uncomfortably hanging over the packers even more so than I thought at this time, than it would be at this time. We'll save it for another pod because it's not going to be on this one. But I was kind of jarred to see how open Goody and Liffler were talking about Marseille's Lewis. And I understand it because it's like, it's not about, we're not talking about, this is a symbolic thing. Um, It's about locker room culture changer guys that kind of lead by example. Yeah, Marseille's Lewis is not a tight end one anymore, but like he knows his role, knows how to play, knows how to score touchdowns in extraordinary ways as he showed last year. Right. But it's more of like what 
how can that champion this new era of the Packers and kind of keep things even keeled when young guys are who haven't been through this before, you're going to be riding waves. You know what I mean? Like camp is like that right. season is certainly like that on, you know, times 10. Right. So it is kind of, it's so obvious, but it's also like, I understand why he's not on the team right now because you want to see Musgrave. You want to see yep. Tucker craft. I personally, I'm still like on, like I, I am very intrigued by Deguara. It's just a matter of putting that together. And maybe that clicks with Jordan Love more than it did with Aaron Rodgers, because I do agree with you. I don't think Rodgers and Deguara kind of meshed in a way that felt very it was it kind of symbolized Aaron Rodgers freelance how he used to play and how Lafleur viewed, hey, this guy is a very specific gadget type guy. Let's incorporate him into the offense. Right. And that just never kind of it never matched. Fully yeah. Yeah, it never meshed. And like frankly, it kind of pulling from the basketball idea of the like the last roster spot, you kind of want to be a vet guy that can like help other guys learn. Kind of like in like the West Matthews role. Like West Matthews kind of played You're say Thanasis? Nope. They're not he should not be talked about on my pod, Jordan. Not not if I'm here. Um is like a big part of Wesley Matthews' value last year was mentoring Marjan, and like, oh yeah, I think that's like more valuable than what Wes could have provided on the court throughout the season. He was very good throughout the season, as for what a very good, <laughs> really good at the playoffs, right? As for whatever a very good thirty-six-year-old wing player can do. Yeah. The point being is that if you give these guys a year under one of the best blocking tight ends and one of just a, the better tight ends of the 2000, 2010s, why not do it? That 53 guy kind of matters a little bit more than sort of the 10th through 15th guys do in basketball. But he's not like he's bad. He had good blocking season last year and he still caught balls. Like I think he still has value as a football player even if he's not an every down football player like he would have been the past two, three years of the Packers. The irony is that this would have been very useful last year if they had, you know, somehow if we merged the rosters together where you have the young guys and then Mercedes Lewis or DeGuara kind of like in the middle of that. Right. You could get to that place if you so choose, but, you know, a lot of things kind of have to fall into place for that to happen, I guess, because for whatever you know interest that they have, they're the Packers aren't going out of their way to be like, we need Mercedes Lewis back because mm-hmm. that would Which, he would be on the team. <laughs> yeah, he would be. Um, I think it'll be really interesting to see what sort of moves they do after the game against the Bengals. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, we're what nine days away from that ish yeah we have family nights this weekend Um, yeah family night is this weekend and the weekend after is is the game against the Bengals and cincy so we'll see like truthfully despite all of this discourse i'd be very surprised if they actually cut tyler davis and re-signed mercedes lewis but i do think it would be very beneficial i would prefer it frankly but yeah um it still doesn't help with the pass catching situation. Like 
he's not going to be a route runner. He's going to be a blocker. He can still run routes a little bit, but he's not going to, he's not fleet of foot, <laughs> which isn't like the issue. It's just kind of things you got to think about when you're trying to um, find pass catchers for Jordan Love to throw to. And I think that's going to be the big balance is who's catching the ball. It yeah. might just be the, the top four Watson, Dobbs, Toure and Reed, and then the Guara and insert second tight end here throughout the week. Like, I, I just don't think that fifth wide receiver is going to be seeing a whole lot of action. No. I, yeah, those are the four that, if you're yeah. strictly talking about guys that are going to see action, if we're talking about fantasy guys, that's how it kind of breaks you right. down. Right, that's how it breaks down to it. The, the issue then becomes when injuries arise. Yes. So. It gets thin very quickly. gets thin and it's very already quickly. pretty thin. It's, yeah, right. And I wouldn't even be surprised if there's a, a, a camp casualty, like a vet camp casualty, that they just go out and get. I'm not really sure how much they're able to with the cap, but I wouldn't be surprised if that is sort of the route they take coming into uh, the season. If they if they think they really need one, like maybe they their fifth wide receiver is some vet a la um, oh what was his name Jordan the fella that the Packers signed in 2020 that didn't play. Oh, it's gonna drive you bonkers. Vamp, 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 vamp. He was a fringe wide receiver three. He sat out the COVID season because of COVID and then got hurt. Oh, uh, Devin Funches. Devin Funches. Similar yes. vein where he's a quote-unquote veteran. He has experience in the league. And he's just a guy to fill a spot should there be injuries. Ended up not working out. He sat out the COVID year and then got hurt last year. Or 21, I believe. Just never worked out, right? But And other things happened. He had that press conference. I missed this news, but not that it matters. Yeah. A similar vein. He did it to himself. That's what I will say. Okay. I need, whatever. Yeah. I, did, I didn't know that part. <laughs> um, I, must, I must have missed it. But regardless of the point, I think that is going to be a very, very, very likely option for this team. Because if Dontavian Wicks isn't able to practice for a few weeks, like... He's got a concussion. Just because it's training camp doesn't mean it's not a concussion that is treated similar, similarly honestly, to how it is during the regular season. I would debose or debose. Debose. Uh, that's way more concerning. And it's easily more like, yeah, we cut ties with our seventh round pick months after selecting him. It's seventh if round pick. It's if he's not exact if he's not on the field when yeah. decisions are being made, like I I, I feel, kind of yeah i'll feel bad for him it'll, it'll be a oh absolutely a story yeah. he might make the practice squad or something like that but yeah um i think it would be beneficial for Dontavian wicks to be say because i think he has a, a bigger talent profile than grant DeBose does yes and he's certainly show with productivity too exactly and so i think Dontavian wicks is like i'm not gonna say the leader to say because he clearly isn't practicing you can't count on a guy to be on the team if he's not practicing injuries aside yeah. but um i think he has a better chance given everything to make the roster over over anybody else that we've mentioned yeah but it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be one of i think like i mentioned to you pre-pod that the running back battle is kind of the biggest one on offense um let's just say of the specialists and i think 
it'll be the most competitive the running back one will the more interesting and more season impacting battle will be the uh down wide receiver one yeah so okie dokie last but certainly not least unless you have anything else on receivers jordan no no no. i think we kind of again i think we really outlined uh just how volatile this this room is yeah like i yeah it's it's it gets again it kind of drops off quickly into very just uncertain parts unknown right um last but, but certainly not least the men in the trenches the offensive line the packers brought back all 10 i think or 13 correct me jordan on the uh total specifics but a bunch of linemen from last year are right back on the camp this year mm. um the starters projected as as jordan and i made this made this document um from left to right all pro david bakhtiari all pro Alan jenkins um josh myers we'll see um john runyon jr and zach tom it'll be interesting the depth guys yash nyman royce newman caleb jones sean ryan and jake hansen i think is sean ryan the one who suspended for peds yeah he got suspended last year i think no is it was it last year or is it this year it was last year okay so um I, th- I saw that he slimmed down a bunch he's taken a bunch of like vitamins and all natural stuff and it's working with the packers trainer to make sure he doesn't get suspended like that again um from what he said <laughs> it was an accident he said a supplement he was taking ended up having the the peds in it so take what you will from that um but i think the biggest thing in this battle is i think the players that we projected as a start will be the starters and have will make the the team bakhtiari jenkins myers runyon and tom i think where tom slots in is going to be a interesting i guess little nugget of who they keep and who they cut because Obviously, you're going to keep probably 10, maybe 11 offensive linemen. So it'll be interesting to see where those guys slot in and who they keep based on where they want Zach Tom to play. We have arrived to my... I'm going to break the position battle, whatever you want to call it. Um... I don't think I, I tied that was the other kind of like position of like just how they sorted that out. The one you were focused on. Yeah, yeah. So it's QB two, tight end one, uh, and then now I conveniently come to Zach Tom because Dave, we're recording this. Zach Tom lined up at center um, during camp, and I'm sure looked very well. A lot of buzz about. How he's gained muscle over the offseason. Um, he talked about um, kind of uh, building up a better base, talking about the kind of what he improved on from le- from his rookie year and ways that he can, you know, whether it was mentally, physically, everything like that. He talked about um, there was a specific quote where he talked about kind of thinking plays as they were happening during games and it kind of messed with timing reaction, all that kind of stuff. 
Um, and I do think we are just in for the next Packers lineman to kind of assert himself for the future. I just don't know where that's going to be. Yeah, I think because I would I would have easily I do think it's conventional wisdom would probably be right tackle. Yeah, I think I think they throw him in. I think they give Josh Myers another year at at center and let him work out any sort of um, issues he might have experienced last year and just let him let him decide what he wants to do. Like if, if Josh Myers wants to be a pro player, go out there and show us you're going to have time this season to do it. Unless he's like horrendously bad, then I think they'll step in quite quickly. But I think they're going to put Zach Tom at right tackle to begin the year. And then if it goes poorly this season, they might slot him back into um, the center position going forward in his career and then draft. This is pie in the sky. I talked about this in the discord, plug the discord GSPN and info um, getting there talking about all things, Packers, Brewers, Bucks, everything else. It's a good time. Any who's will be, if they'll, they'll move Tom to center, if Myers has another bad year at center and then with one of the two first round picks are going to have next year because Aaron Rodgers is going to play 65% of snaps for the Jets. Pick a high offensive lineman. Like, like where, where were the Packers pick? I'd imagine somewhere between 20 and 7-ish. Like, just between 7 and 20 to go in chronological order. Whatever pick it, like that first round pick is, our, our pick, is just going to be an alignment. I think is the best yeah. way to go about it. And then best like BPA for the Jets pick, wherever that lands as well. You do BPA anyways. Packers do most of the time. But um best player available, my apologies. Um but I really think they need to like start drafting linemen because we as we talked about last week, they draft linemen this year. So no. um it's gonna it's gonna matter for for certain this year if Josh Myers is bad and they need to start getting some linemen in here to really bolster his spot going forward and the thing too is like with tom specifically and myers because this is year three for josh myers he's played under Aaron Rodgers rookie season i thought he played pretty well last year was kind of like eh. that was kind of the issue is that we like josh myers played really well his rookie year and then didn't play that well last year yeah not good to have a decline in year two whether sophomore slump blah 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 but he was one of the guys that was largely healthy throughout the year Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I mean, like that. It kind that's where it kind of showed a lot more. Where it's not about it, it. We're not talking about Bakhtiari or even Elton Jenkins, who you know missed time to start the year because they're coming back from injury. Guy was there for all seventeen games, right? And the thing for him is that if you have a willing replacement who is very versatile on the line, like Zach Tom, that can easily take over your position, that has experience playing that in college, and the Packers went out of their way. To bring back Yash Nyman, who has had moments. He's not, I don't know if he's a starting caliber right tackle, but. I think he's a starting guy, caliber right tackle on a bad team. That could be the Packers this year, though. It could be the Packers this year, but I, I think the Packers O line is one of the strongest offensive lines in the in the league. Yes. They have a yeah. they have an embarrassment of riches at offensive line right now. And I think if he plays well enough, 
again, they they tendered him to yeah to get him on the roster or to get something for him if if someone wanted to sign him this off season. And so I think that was kind of the writing on the wall that they're not too like steadfast it's on the keeping best of, him. It's, it's, right. It's the best it's of both. The best of, yeah, you or keep him or you get a pick for him. Simple enough. I don't even know if it's best of bad options. It's like best of like both worlds. Hannah Montana. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Mana Montana. Yes. Um, but like that that's the thing is that if Yash has another year right tackle, which I again I don't think he's starting. He like it's gonna be a battle between Tom and Nyman for sure. Um, for that spot. And even the guard spot, like John Runyon Jr. got supplemented from the ones by Royce Newman today. Wednesday, so yeah, that was everybody's reaction. Jordan, there was some. Royce Newman was taking some snaps with the ones. I can see that. That's gonna be a meme. I can already tell. It, it, it certainly <laughs> will be. I'm making notes now. Um, but it it it's just like they have. Golly they, damn! They have three set players, four maybe, in. Tom, Tom is set. It's just you don't know where you don't know where and where he slots yeah. in makes brings up questions for who else you can kind of put in on the line, which is where I think it gets tough. If you put Tom at anywhere, but right tackle, you have to have, I think Nyman at right tackle question. Go for it. How do I phrase this into a question? <laughs> cause, cause it's, cause you're easily going to be like, Oh, it's this. My, the, the lineman to watch for, Going to this year is Josh Myers. Yes. Clearly. Would you be willing to have a better center, Zach Tom, at the expense of Josh Diamond, who decent right tackle? Or would you rather have it be guy that needs to prove it center, Josh Myers? And a you know, the up and coming Zach Tom. Can I do both? Can I can I let Josh Myers get through eight games? Get through the bye week, honestly. Week six is the bye week this year. Week six is the bye week. Get through the bye week and see how he's performing. And if it's like I think I yeah, I don't think they're I think the Packers are gonna be patient. Yeah. But I think like it would have to be something that's all I abominable. That that's all I want is like five weeks of, of evidence. If Josh Myers is holding his own through five weeks, I'll I'll ride with him the rest, the rest of the season because this comes back this entire season being gravy. Anyways, I have no expectations. I'm just excited to watch football. And yeah, it's development. It's, that's the part. It's all that's development the most this fun season. Thing to do. On the offense, it's all development. And unless it's going very poorly to where it's becoming detrimental to the offense operating how it needs to do to develop Jordan Love and the rest of this and the wide receiver core. Like say Josh Myers is getting lit up in the middle, and he just can't hasn't have any time in the pocket because he can't hold the zone. Then yeah, it's time to get him out and put Tom in because it's inhibiting the development we need. But I want to go through like five games of seeing that before I immediately pull him and put Tom there instead. So I guess to to answer your question from the get go, I'd rather just start Tom there. Tom at right tackle, nope. Myers at center. Nope. If we're if we're going to think of the full season, I think Tom's a better offensive lineman than Josh Myers is. Yes, and so I want a full season of Zach Tom at center, and then Diamond at right tackle. 
I'm more confident in Tom's baseline than I am in Myers' baseline. Myers, yes. And I think that pushes him further ahead of Myers for me because, like I just said, ultimately this season's about development. And if I have to pick a season of Myers or a season of Tom and how it affects Jordan Love's development and his ability to have time in the pocket to throw the ball, I'm just picking the better offensive lineman. Nyman has experience at right tackle. It's not like you're throwing an inexperienced guy at right tackle. And no. it's it's his front side. If it was his back side, it would be a different, different conversation. But it's his front side. He can see stuff coming. It's easier to hide a tougher or a worse right tackle yeah. than it is to... And that's right. the point that I was getting to, is that it's easier to hide Nyman throw, versus... Throw like Musgrave or DeGuar at the end of the at the end yeah. of the line and just have double team them essentially. Yep. yep. So yeah, I, to, to answer your question, I'd rather Tom and Nyman versus Myers and Tom. Um, Tom. What do you mean? Talk about the bubble guys. No, sorry. Rasheed Walker, uh, big guy, he's, huge six, eight. From what I've seen of people that have been at camp, he's had a good camp. Yeah. He, uh, I saw him like, little bit and some drills looked pretty strong in drills but i remember thinking drills. he was pretty good the packers drafted him last year too he like i think he's, he's a pick. i think he's a little slow is the issue mm. like i think a smaller edge rusher like you nobody's really winning against nick bosa but that kind of no. like strong edge rusher that has ability to swim through yes Nima did after letting him two sacks but right um <laughs> the the like the 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 fast edge rusher that can kind of swim through big blocks like that I think gives Rasheed Walker a bit of um a bit of trouble and it doesn't help that he plays a position that the Packers have unlocked already like no one's usurping Bakhtiari at left tackle and they have Not this year. Tom and Nyman at right tackle right yeah. so maybe they keep Walker again in case Bakhtiari gets traded midseason or something like that but um you get the point but then uh Luke Tenuta? Did they bring him back last year? Or from this year, or is he new? Yeah, he was a holdover. Yep. Um, Kadeem Telfort, I believe, is new. Both tackles, Tenuta and Telfort. Yep. Um, Gene DeLance, he is new. Cole Schneider, holdover from last year, but wasn't with the team all of last year. Just returning for camp. Center. And like you mentioned earlier, James Empey, also a center. So, I would... Empey Penn. Sure. Sure, Jordan. Empey Penn. You know the tomato move I want to throw it. Big tomato action. <laughs> um, interesting that they got the two centers signed. I think, I think they're really looking at center because they they just it just has to be a lockdown line. They have too good of players to not have it be the best it can be across the the middle, especially with the young quarterback because it's it has it's to be not it's yeah it's so it is so. Again, symbiotic, symbiosis, whatever. It's directly related to Jordan Love mm-hmm. and be able to command the offense and everything like that. Transferring the ball, snapping the ball. As it's, simple as something like that, or like calling out protections, calling out defenses, all that stuff. Right. With so much uncertainty with I hate that we're just kinda like piling on Josh Myers, but it was it just feels like that is the biggest 
the was, weakest link on this line by far. He, the The rest of the line was four stainless steel chain links, and then there's Josh Myers, who was a rusted out, and barely like, holding on link in the middle. A saloon door. Yeah, and which is why why would you have a saloon door on a fence? But <laughs> you don't have tones. <laughs> um, I think. Oh, I lost my train of thought now. Sorry. No, you're okay. Oh, we've talked about like how important it is for Jordan Love. It's really important for the offense too, just to have the center position be locked down. Yeah. Because we're gonna run the ball. The Packers are going to run the ball. And if you remember how painful it was last year to run on fourth and one. Remember how bad it was? It is honestly, that is not even just last year. That's been a well, f- right. But then under the floor, yeah. Exactly. And we have AJ Dillon to run the A gaps. And yep. if you're running an A gap, you need your center and your guards to be pushing the pile. And uh-huh. if Josh Myers has a bad year like last year, he's not going to be pushing that pile and he's not going to be beneficial to setting up that run game for the rest of the offense. Yeah. Like we know the floor does a lot of run game outside, a lot of passing game, like short passing game outside, but you still throw between the tackles. And yeah. if, if Josh Myers is the swinging door in the chain link fence, then it kind of blows up most run run plays. I think this line is really, I mean, it, I've read a lot of interviews, obviously it's Packer season and everything like that. I don't think people are underselling how good this offensive line is going to be. And it's going to, if the Packers are a surprising success to the low expectations that kind of surround this team, a lot of it is going to be due to a, this offensive line being healthy mm-hmm. and B really pushing the pedal to the metal for lack of a better way of say this um because they have they they have two all pros in Bach and Jenkins they have you know Zach Tom who's been again there's just so much buzz about like how locked he, he in, or locked in he is going into the year right and um why am I forgetting the other John Runyon like I know again he's not as proven He's yep. kind of between Tom and Myers in that way, where he's had a lot more experience like yeah. Myers, but he wasn't as bad as Myers of, last year. He isn't yeah. as good as Tom as should be this year. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I am very. It is very telling that of all the things that have changed on this offense, the Packers went out of their way to bring back a lot of the guys that were there last year or obviously a lot longer and you know that is the strength of this team for a long time between whether it's players or the people you know adam sinovich guys that have been on staff so right yeah i think it'll uh it'll be interesting i mean i I think that'll be running back and offensive line will be like the two battles to watch on cut day. Yes. Just oh, because yeah. like Mario C will be in tight end. It'll be kind of, I think it'll be pretty cut and dry yeah. based on how preseason, preseason games go. But running back on all line will be a discussion about direction of the team for sure. Yes. 
Um, before we get out of here, mentioning if the Packers had success because of the old line, ESPN Analytics ranked Packers uh, fifth in pass block win rate last year and eighth in run block uh, win rate. So if they can keep that pace, they'll bode well for them this season. This season. I was very surprised to see that. Yeah. Especially because I think they definitely ended the season a lot stronger than I think we even realized in the moment. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people are just forgetting how <laughs> discombobulated it was for a good six weeks. Right. Yeah. It didn't help that the QB liked to hang on the ball a lot longer than he should have, too. But that's also yeah. because receivers couldn't get open either. So there's no one person to blame. Don't don't think that I'm paying it all on Rodgers. Yeah. But it just, oh, yeah, yeah. It was just a mess last season. So Yeah. All right, buddy. Anything else? I think that's the offense. I think that's the offense. We'll be back uh, later this week with the defense. But before we get out of here, we got a few uh, promotions to do across the Eurostep Podcast Network. As always... Ty and Rohan released an episode this week um, talking about um, just are the Bucks better or worse on paper? Look at the roster. What does it scream to you just from the players? Really good pod. Would recommend you listen to it. I'm not name dropped. I don't know why you would ask me that, Jordan. I don't know why you'd even mention such sort of thing. And, then, and me being compared to Kevin Garnett and being accurately just comparing the two of us. Like it, it, I don't know. I, listen. I didn't say it. You said it. So maybe go listen to your step. You can find the Bucks feed. Um, Adam McGee and Andrew Snyder talked about the Brewers getting unfortunately swept um, by the Braves this past weekend. But hot, hot in your podcast inboxes, in your feeds even, as of damn recently, Brewers adding uh, Mark Canna, Andrew Chafin, Evan McKendry and Bradley Block at the trade deadline. Today's August 1st. Trade deadline was today. Brewers made more moves than I thought they would, frankly. So go listen to Andrew and Adam decipher all of those those moves. I for sure will be listening to it probably as this pod hits your feeds on <laughs> the morning of August 2nd. Um, and last, but certainly not least, is make time for this. Um, Andrew and Adam again talking about um, Oppenheimer and just it's beautifulness. I've yet to see it. I know Jordan, you saw it and you I, I loved it. I loved it. Go. I'm not going to say a lot because uh, I, I know you have to see it. Yes. Uh, but it is it's well weird. worth it. <laughs> it's weird to say I've avoided spoilers because like it's a history movie. Like I, I know the ending. <laughs> Do you? Not that it's a thing that you should laugh about but no, no. Um, it's I'm, I'm excited to see it and i will be sprinting to that make time for this episode once i do so that's it from us folks you can find me on twitter at numak is known you can find jordan on twitter at jordan at jordan tresky you can find talk of the tundra on twitter at packers gspn you can find all things zero step podcast network at gspn.info including uh, Substacks, Discord links, and all of the pod links to Apple Pods, Spotify, all that good stuff there. So go check it out. Give it a click. We'd appreciate it. Um, we'll be back t- 
in your podcast feeds later this week. Until then, thanks for listening. And Jordan, thank you. Thank you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.